Hello and welcome to Footnotes, the Cicerone podcast, a podcast to inspire you about outdoor travel and activities in the UK and across the world. I'm Hannah. And I'm Amy. And thank you for joining us for our latest episode. This episode is all about scrambling in the Lake District. It features highlights from our latest Cicerone live event with Cicerone author John Fleetwood and special guest Paul Rose. They shared their experiences of scrambling in the Lake District, covering equipment and necessary experience, as well as what makes the Lake District unique as a place to scramble. John Fleetwood is the author of Cicerone's two new guidebooks to scrambles in the Lake District, split into two volumes, North and South. He has lived in the Lake District for over 20 years and is a keen runner, photographer and mountaineer. John was the first person to complete the Bob Graham, Ramsey and Paddy Buckley rounds in winter and has climbed and walked in Britain and in various countries across the world. Paul Rose is a popular TV and radio broadcaster with extensive experience. He has presented programmes for the BBC on the Lake District and various long-distance routes in the UK, as well as on expeditions further afield. As one of the world's most experienced divers, field science and polar experts, Paul has worked in Antarctica for the British Antarctic Survey and is the current expedition leader for the National Geographic Pristine Seas Expeditions. Having spent many years exploring the Lake District, Paul has a great love for these mountains. Hi, John. Hi, Paul. Hi. Hi, Good to see you, Amy. Lovely to see you. Thank you for joining us. So I thought we'd start off by talking about what it is about the Lake District that is unique, because both of you have climbed and explored all over the world. Um, so, John, I wondered if you could start us off. I think it's the intimacy of the landscape is how I'd best describe it. You know, it's quite a small place, but you can go from one valley to the next in not very far, but it looks totally different. And there are little corners. And I think what the scrambling helps to do is to bring out the exploration of some of these hidden little corners. So you, know, you won't find thousand meter high, incredible rock pillars, as you might do in other parts of the world. But you get these wonderful little corners that just sort of invite exploring. I'd say that's what makes it fairly unique. Yeah, well, for me, you know, the Lake District always surprises me in the fact that it feels so wild. I haven't quite worked out how it can feel so wild and yet be so beautifully accessible. And it's that balance that always excites me about the lakes. You know, live there in Windermere and we go up the back, you know, up to Schoolmott and all around there. And that's lovely. You only have to go a very short distance and the Lake District begins to feel wild. And it's a very magic feeling. You know, there aren't big signposts and there aren't places selling tea and coffee every five minutes. You need to work out your navigation. You need to understand a little bit of weather. It's, it's a challenge everywhere you go. Right? I just absolutely love it. So in a nutshell, it's a, it feels wild and yet it's so beautifully accessible. And I imagine that's something that you came across, John, writing these guidebooks. You did hundreds of routes in the Lake District. I imagine in all weathers, in all different locations. Yes, and you don't have to go very far off the path, just building on what Paul's just been saying. So, you know, it's a very well explored place. I'm amazed I've managed to find so so many places that have been, as far as I know, previously unrecorded. So they're just not very far from each other. But you go around the corner and you find something new. And that that's, that's tremendous to be able to find little places that are yet quite easy of access. So you've produced two volumes of routes which cover all different types of scrambles. So uh, I thought this would be a good opportunity to run through the different types of routes that are in the Lake District. I think this will give a flavour of the range of stuff that is on offer. 
So I'll just take you through a, a some of them just to give you a flavour of the Lake District scrambles. So that one you'll be very familiar with, that striding edge taken from the side. Typical busy day, you can see all the people like that lance on there. So that's probably the easiest scramble in the book. And that's, you can see all the people coming down the, the most difficult bit there, down the chimney. But it's still a great route. It's still a lovely edge to go along and, and iconic. Another iconic scramble, that sharp edge. That's my son when he was young. And to me, that really exemplifies what scrambling's about. It's like when you're a little child and you just play on the rocks. That's what it is. It's playing on the rocks. Sharp edge. It's not big. It's not overly dramatic, but it's just lovely scrambling to play on those rocks. This is more serious. So this is a crescent route on Pavey Arc. So you really feel the exposure beneath your feet there. And certainly if you don't have a rope, it definitely feels exposed. These are rock climbing scrambles. So they're actually rock climbs, but I've included them here as scrambles. So some of these routes are quite exposed. That's actually looking down on Nape's Needle from the, the neighbouring ridge. And then again, there are other different sorts of routes. This is actually on Great End. It's Central Gully, which, of course, is normally done in the winter, but this is in the summer. And it shows you, even though, you know, in terms of scrambling, it's not classic. It's got a lot of scree in it. You can see a lot of moss and stuff. I think it's tremendous because it, it's got such atmosphere. You can see there from the columns of rock and the, the gill, you know, it, it oozes atmosphere, that place. So I, I actually really enjoyed it as a summer route. And another um, ne next to it is Cust's uh, Gully, which, again, is really atmospheric. You get all sorts of different quality of rock. So on the right is Camcrag Ridge, which is absolutely superb. You know, it's a classic route. You can make it as easy or as difficult as you like. And in the middle, you can see a lot of the gills sometimes become incredibly vegetated. That's on Kirk Fell at Illgill. And uh, some, some of that is just foraging like in a jungle almost. And then on the left, that's Coombe Gill, which, uh, again, I really enjoyed. It's got these real fierce little chockstone pitches and it's quite exposed and really really awkward going up that ramp there uh, I, I love these it really is harking back to the victorian era of some of going up these gullies and gills so you know the old traditional techniques of bridging and there's me bridging bleewater gill talking of the gills i love them and i think it's the, the movement of the water you can just feel the flow of the water next to you and that really adds a, an excitement uh, another gill that's good to do is link cove gill and it's got quite a serious top pitch so here's rachel's actually doing it on the top rope because it's you know probably approaching v diff in in socks and all the water running down so it's not easy but again, a lovely feel to it. You just have to force your way up. And all the while, you've got this rushing water coming down. And then the gills, some of them are very, very green. They're, they're little oases almost. I think of them almost like lost worlds, actually. And uh, you have to be quite careful of the mosses because there are some, you know, quite delicate. So it's a question of, of moving up with as little damage as possible. You know, I, I know a very few poor gill scrambles and there are some poor crag scrambles but very few poor gill scrambles and then the rocks themselves some incredible formations different rocks different striations and you can suddenly stumble across some of these things you just go wow that's that's incredible and you're right face up with them so it really adds something to the day and then moving on, this was something I discovered, actually. It's, it's near some popular scrambles at, um, at Grey Crag in, in Buttermere. There's this 
obscure little route that appeared in the rock climbing guide. And I thought, oh, that looks interesting. And I managed to piece together a, a scramble using this and, and, and some stuff above and called it Stegosaurus, actually. It's almost got like the teeth, the jagged edge of a Stegosaurus. And it goes up this edge and you actually end up on a very, very narrow ret at the top. It's an amazing route. And yet it'd be lying there without anybody doing it, as far as I'm aware, for a long time. And, uh, you know, it's great to explore these little places that have just been there all the time. One of the things about the books is I've um, piecing together a spreadsheet of all the routes I've actually done. So in, in the guides, there are about 200 individual routes. Well, I've actually done about 400 or so and still finding new places to explore. Fantastic. The other thing to just point out is that I know that there's obviously so much range within the book. And you really showed that from routes that are suitable for children right the way up to quite serious rock climbs and gill scrambles and that sort of thing. But everything is you know, outlined in terms of the safety, isn't it? And it's all graded as well. Yes. So what we've really tried to do, what I've tried to do is I've tried to identify some of those that are suitable for beginners. So it's very easy to reference that. So you can go quickly and find, OK, what's what's in it if I'm just starting? And on the opposite end of the scale, OK, I'm a rock climber. I want a bit more challenge. So we've actually identified those routes that would fall within a rock climbing guide, albeit at the easier end. But, you know, they are designated rock climbs. Fantastic. Well, Paul, I wanted to ask you, I know that you've done a fair bit of scrambling. What do you kind of go towards when you're picking a route? Would you tend towards one of the kind of classic popular ones or are you looking to explore those lesser known ones? Yeah, I tend to take the pretty easy ones because, you know, when I come back to the Lake District, I'm typically been away somewhere and it's wonderful to come home and pick up a route that maybe I've done lots of times in the past or one that's here in the book. You look at it and you think, well, yeah. And the great thing, as you say, with the description, you can you can leave home and go, right, I know where it is. I'm not going to get lost. I know pretty much know how to climb it, you know, where the hard bits are. So it takes the risk away and you can just literally go out and enjoy it. So I, I love to do the classics. I'm looking on my screen right here at a picture of Bofell Links just to go up there and even people have done so much up there and they've climbed every bit of it I'm sure and I've sometimes been up there when there's been a whole herd of people it can still feel like a terrific adventure you know the sun's on it great views everywhere and you know go down to the old dungeon guild for a beer after easily and the, the whole thing just feels like a perfect day out I mean, where I live up there in Windermere, the nearest bit of rock are those almost impossible bouldering routes on top of Brant Fell. And um, I often wish they were just a bit easier scrambling. So I tend to pick the easy ones because I just want a great day out or a great afternoon out. And I've had some good fun in running gear, you know, so shorts and a T-shirt, running shoes and, and rock shoes in a small rucksack and just running between crags. Brilliant thing to do. When you were first talking, John, and speaking about the book, I realised that I'm in a bit of a groove. I, I go out and do the same ones every time. So when I get the book, that's going to be one of the things to do is just go to different places. It's funny, right? Just tend to go to the same old places. So I'm going to use your book to discover new ones. If you want to discover scrambles in the Lake District for yourself, please head on over to the Cicerone website where you can get a 25% discount on both of John's guidebooks. Type in scramble25 at the checkout. Scramble25. We hope you enjoy reading the guidebooks and discovering scrambles in the Lake District for yourself. We've got a question about how many routes in the book are suitable for beginners. And I thought that would also be a good opportunity to talk about your advice for beginners. Say, if, as you know, maybe you've done some hill walking before, but never actually been on a scramble. 
Yes, there are quite a number of routes in the book that aren't suitable for beginners. So it is actually aimed at people that maybe who are, you know, want to move on from walking, maybe go towards rock climbing. So there's, there's quite a lot at the harder end, I would actually say that. But there are quite a number of them that are relatively straightforward. And I think that once you've tried a few of the more relatively straightforward ones, then you can move on to the slightly harder ones. So there's quite a lot of grade ones. So you could choose all those, gain experience and then move on to some others. And, and there's plenty of people out there that you, know, you can take as a guide to help you if you want to advance a bit and maybe do it safely and then find out how to keep yourself safe as well. And that's a good way of doing it. Maybe get a day or two to build up that confidence. One of the things about the book is you can see how long the route is in terms of the actual scrambling, how many metres of ascent it is. So start with something, you know, not committing. If you read the description, it will give you an idea of how serious a route is. So obviously you don't want to start on really serious things where you, if you don't like it, there's no option but to continue. Start on something that's not so committed. There's plenty of things where there's loads of route choice. So if something appears a bit difficult, we'll just go to the side. You know, so there's lots like that. And I'd, I'd start on those sorts of scrambles. And as John says, you, you know, that thing about finding someone to, to take you, you know, I mean, in the lakes, there's plenty of good professional guides and whatnot. And just, just get someone, because I've met loads of people who are actually a dead fit. They can navigate, they can find a way around, they've got great gear, and yet they can't move very well. And there's just something about one day with someone good to teach you how to move. And it can make an enormous difference in pleasure and also fun, you know, and safety. So... Yeah, sometimes just that one day with someone good in the lakes can make an enormous difference. Probably some questions about equipment. So I'll show you some of mine. Most of the time, I actually have running shoes. I use these nearly all. You can see it's well ventilated from those nicely designed little holes and, and the soles being worn down a bit. But the great thing about these sorts of shoes is, one, they're comfortable. Yes, they're not going to keep you dry if it rains, but the other token is they'll let the water out as well, which is particularly good in the gill scramble. Secondly, the sole is actually brilliant. It's sticky rubber. So that sort of sole is great for sort of smearing on rock, on slabs and stuff. What it's not good at is if you get little in-cut holds, that's when rock climbing boots become really good and that those sorts of shoes are not good on that. I much prefer, you know, a lightweight running shoe, which are also not too bad on grass as well, because a lot of scrambles involve grass and rock, because rock boots on grass are horrible. Those are really good in gills too. The other shoes I've got are sort of specialist scrambling type shoes. They have a more rigid toe, so they're better for the actual climbing, but they're a bit slippier when you get on the grass and stuff. So I would take that if it was more of a rock climb than anything. Other people prefer walking boots. You can do them in anything. I've actually forgotten my boots a couple of times and ended up doing some scrambles in sandals, but that is not recommended. It makes it a lot harder, so I wouldn't recommend sandals as footwear. The other big tip, gills. You want an old sock. Socks are vital, actually, in some gills because it's so slippery because you've almost got like algae on the rocks, which is just like complete eye shrink. So what you want to do, you take your sock, you dip it in the stream, which makes it a lot easier to get over the boot. And then you just put it over the boot and then you get the grip from the old from the old sock, which works surprisingly well. It's very old school technique, but it's yeah, I do most of the gill scrambles like that. I would take a harness. 
So here's a very, very lightweight one because, you know, you're not going to be hanging around in it from from stances. So just take a lightweight one and you hardly feel that you've got it on and it takes up no room in your bag. You can put it on. Most of the time you probably won't need it, but it's there. If you've got it on, you're ready to go and it just makes sense. Take a helmet when there's loose rock. Again, this is really, really lightweight. So no weight in your bag, comfortable on your head. It'll do the job. Excellent. Taking a rope, I wouldn't take a full big rope. This is a shortened version. It's probably about 30 metres or so. Absolutely adequate for most people. You don't want a big heavy rope. And you're not going to be full pitching all the way up. It's generally for little sections. So take something smaller and just a rucksack that suits you for a day out. And actually, you need really minimal equipment for this. So it's, a, it's an easy thing to do. And I suppose if you haven't got the right equipment for that harder route, you could just do an easier one, I suppose. You could, or you might even be able to borrow it off of somebody or hire it or just go out and buy it once you've done a couple. There's a question for you, Paul. Interested to hear your top running and scrambling circuits, if you can remember. Oh, yeah, great. When you go up um, Langdale and there's the big Langdale boulder, then on the other side of the road to that, on the northern side of the road, there's that Big slope of boulders, John. I can't remember the name of it. It's a really great one. It's the slope up there, and there's a whole run of small boulders. So it's really, really terrific to go up there, park somewhere up near chapel style or as near as the big Langdale boulder as you can, which obviously is quite difficult. Cycle up. I've cycled up there quite a bit. And that's a great day. You know, cycle in, leave the bike somewhere, put the running shoes on, and uh, nip around those boulders. It's an absolutely brilliant, because that slope, you get everything. You there are some, some routes that look dead easy. But when you get up there, because the slope is a bit steep, it's really hard to get started. So you can suddenly find yourself spending 45 minutes getting absolutely nowhere, but getting an incredible workout. So you've had the run, you've had the bike ride, you've had to sort of run up there. Then you're fiddling about, can't get off the ground, see one over there, jog to that one. Turns out to be dead easy, makes you feel good. And then run around and then all the way back down to your bike or indeed the car. And that slope up there above Chapel Style and further into Langdale is an absolutely great place. And you rarely see anybody up there. It sounds like a really nice way of, you could either go out and do a big scramble, like a big rock climb on something like Pillar Rock and make that the focus of your day. Or you can incorporate it into your running or your walking. And I just think it's really nice that there's that much range and kind of, yeah, options and opportunity within the Lake District. Well, that's the thing. That That is the secret of the Lake District, I think, is, you know, it's much more accessible than people realise. It's much wilder, as I said, than people realise. And the adventure is just there. I mean, when you think, you know, you're, you're on these things, and I've sometimes gone up from my, my house up to Brant Fell, and there's that big slab at the back that's dead easy, you know, so sort of go up and down there to warm up. You sometimes see families and kids up there, and then come round to those bouldering routes which are not very high I mean not much not much higher than a high ceiling in a house but you've got to be really good to get up them my son can get up them sometimes but I've had a, I have a brilliant workout and that you look like a madman to people that don't understand climbing or scrambling you look like a complete lunatic you're standing there on the grass just going up a little bit falling off going up a little bit falling off, going around in circles up over here up over there getting absolutely nowhere covered in sweat having a fantastic workout Another question for you, John. I think my biggest worry is getting up and then not feeling confident to come back down on the same route. Are there alternative, easier routes for coming down within the books? 
Yeah, and this is where whether route is serious or not matters. So, as I say, there are plenty of routes where there would be easier alternatives on the side. So, you know, you can see them. So they're almost like um, it's the difference between finding the easiest route in a difficult place or finding the most difficult thing in an easy place. Finding the most difficult thing in an easy place, if you get stuck with it, that's all right, because you just go off to the side where it's easy. If you're in a really committing place where you're already on the easiest line up a difficult cliff, then that that's more difficult because you're already on the easiest place. So and you could get stuck. So I think the trick there is to try and find something where there are other options. You're not going to you know, have to continue and potentially get into a, a dead end. When you were exploring new routes, did you ever find yourself in a difficult situation where you had to climb or abseil off? Definitely, quite a number of times. So I've had to down climb lots of times in difficult situations. And sometimes, you know, quite a lot of it's on my own. So you need to be really confident. Having said all that, you know, over the years, yes, I've been in some harrowing situations. So, you know, you're taking yourself into some quite dangerous terrain. Some of this is very loose. There's nobody around. It's vegetated. You know, I had one occasion when the ledge I was standing on fell off. So I was literally just hanging from my arms with this ledge having just completely disintegrated. Another time, actually on a very local crag, I got into a horrible situation. But, you know, I've got enough experience to get out of it. These exploratory things, because you don't know how difficult it's going to be, you have to eye it up on the spot. And, you know, it's like the original climbers would do. And you need to have quite a good judgment of, you know, because things often look easier than they are when you get there and often steeper than it looks sometimes so you have to sort of work that out certainly all this exploratory stuff is you need a lot of experience before you start and that is the real advantage of having these guidebooks is that you've done all that for everyone you've mapped it all out absolutely so what i'll try and do is point out things so that it proves to be very loose i'll say so so you know more what to expect and where the difficult parts are likely to be so you know what's in store and i guess things like you know if it's going to be particularly difficult in wet weather or that sort of thing at what point should you rope yourself up to your scrambling mates when you're outdoors it's how long is a piece of string i think it depends on how confident you are and it's always best to try and think ahead so don't wait until you're in a difficult situation and you've got to get that rope out your bag and you're, you're feeling a bit wobbly and you can't get out. Oh, dear, I wish I wasn't here. or um, my foot's wobbling. You know, you don't want to be in that situation. So try and think ahead. Oh, it looks as though it might be a bit difficult a bit ahead. I better get the rope out now just in case. It's much better to do it that way around. I'm sure Paul would say something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a bit like the old thing about sailing, is it? When do you put a reef in the sail? You know, when do you shorten sail, make the sail smaller? And the answer is the very first time you think about it. And um, same thing with a rope. You know, when particularly if in a, in a big group, sometimes you get that person who sees everybody else being really confident. And so they're now struggling and having a big wobbly, as John rightfully says. And it can be hard for them to pipe up, hey, I need a rope. So whoever's more experienced, it's down to them really to just keep a lookout and offer the rope. It's much easier when someone offers you the rope. You go, oh, good idea. Yeah, I will. Rather than sort of put your head above the parapet and say, I know everybody's doing great, but I'm completely gripped. Can I please have a rope? That's hard to say. 
so one thing I wanted to talk about a bit more is girl scrambling because uh, I know we've touched on it earlier with wearing socks and I wondered what are the extra precautions that you need to take if you're going to go girl scrambling? It depends what type of girl scramble I and mean, some of them can be quite easy and the worst that will happen is you just get wet you fall in the pool and it'd be very pleasant but beyond that Others are quite serious, you know, you could potentially injure yourself or worse. Extra precautions, you need to take more care on the rock because it's going to be slippy. So think very carefully about what you're holding and about whether your foot's going to slip off and just move quite steadily. And if somebody's not so confident, then the leader is probably more important, actually, in those circumstances to have a rope because they haven't got the experience. So if they do slip, then they're held. So look for things like big branches and trunks and so on that you can belay somebody from. That's probably a a good thing. Um, Also, the rocks can be quite loose sometimes. It's a moving environment in a gill. So, again, be careful on those. I'd just say overall, I think you need to take more care on every footstep you take. There's that thing too, isn't there, John, about you know some of the gills have become um, especially protected areas. I keep thinking of Launchy Gill, which was one of my favourites. I used to absolutely love going up Launchy Gill in all kinds of conditions. We've had some really glorious adventures in there. But, but then it became, if I got this right, John, did it become a triple SI or something? Yes, well, I've never done it because it's always been a triple SI. Well, okay, yeah. So, you know, there's interesting, you know, you see all the water, you know, whizzing down these gills and they look pretty much indestructible. But in launching gill in particular, they found, and I, I can't remember what it was, some small plants anyway that were, that needed to be protected and the whole region was a special um, ecosystem that needed to be protected. So it became a, a, site, a special scientific interest. As someone who loves diving and the sea and, you know, all things watery, I mean, do you prefer gill scrambling to normal scrambling on rock? It's hard to know. There are times when it feels a bit more adventurous and you can have it completely to yourself and it changes all the time depending on the amount of water whizzing down there. And when I think of scrambling, I, th- I think of two complete different versions, you know, going up the bell on Coniston and just walking along and experiencing the joy of moving on the rock and the nice big lunch in the rucksack and a whopping great thermos of tea and idyllic. And at the other end of the scale, I, I think of really full on adventures in the gills. It's very hard to pick between them. So give me a nice sunny day on an easy scramble with a whopping great thermos of tea or indeed an absolutely full on thumping adventure in a gill. Yeah, I fully agree with that. And all the people that I've introduced to gill scrambling have loved it. You know, they probably come out with the impression this is absolutely mad, but I love it. It's that sense of adventure. It's definitely more adventurous in a gill. A sort of final question or discussion. What is the most underrated scramble in the Lake District? Mm, underrated from what perspective, really? In, in difficulty or, or in qualities? Should we go quality? You know, one thing I would say is there are loads of scrambles in the Lake District, but people tend to focus on the top 10 or 20. And outside of those 10 or 20, I've hardly ever seen anybody. You know, not even one person on most of them. So I'd say there are loads of underrated ones because people tend to focus on all the well-known ones. So you know, Sharp Edge, Camcrag Ridge, all those all those classic routes, some of them in Coniston. And you go to all the others, you're very unlikely to see anybody, in my experience. I mean, there are so, so many. Unappreciated scrambles is probably how I'd 
put it. So look beyond the you know top 10 or 20 or whatever it is, because there are lots more. For instance, I actually really like Broad Buttress next to Pinnacle Ridge on St. Sunday Crag. Now, Pinnacle Ridge, everybody knows, it appears in all the magazines and stuff, and people say, you know, how wonderful it is. I really like the one next door. Maybe I'm just a bit perverse. I think in the previous version, it took a certain route, and actually there's a there's a really nice line, actually, which is probably a bit more difficult, and takes you into some wonderful rocks. So, you know, just look around, and you'll, you'll find things that are... Yeah, don't just don't just go with the magazines and stuff that everybody knows because there's there's equally good stuff outside there. And just to say, I think the whole of the Lake District scrambling is underrated. You know, I mean, John and I have travelled a lot, and there is. I mean, I could spend the rest of my life scrambling in the Lake District and be really happy. Is there a particular route that you're looking forward to doing, Paul? For me, yeah, Ravencrag Udell because I've done it so many times. So when I come home, I'll go up there. It's funny, I was earlier, I'm looking at the picture of Bofell Links here. I love it up there. It's a, it's, a, it's a decent walk in. It's lovely on the top. So that's where I'm going to go as soon as I get back. That's really interesting because I've never seen anybody up there. You say you people there and it doesn't. And it's, oh, it's a wonderful that, place because yeah. it always gets the sun as well. So it's one of those places where you can have your cup of tea in the yeah. afternoon. So. Mm. It's big. You know, it's wander about. Fantastic. Well, thank you both so much uh, for joining me this evening. It's been absolutely wonderful. Hopefully, you know, you'll both be able to go scrambling in the Lake District together very soon. Um, you'll have to send us photos. Yes, please. <laughs> I look forward to it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Thank you. Brilliant, John. Thank you so much. See you, Amy. Thanks for listening to this latest episode of Footnotes, the Cicerone podcast. And thanks to Paul and John for joining us to share their expertise and enthusiasm. You can find out more about John's guidebooks to scrambles in the Lake District on the Cicerone website, along with the full video of the live event and plenty of other guidebooks, articles and videos. You can subscribe to the podcast on your favourite podcast app or on the Cicerone website. And let us know what you think by leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts or by emailing us live at cicerone.co.uk. We'd really love to hear from you. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, search for Cicerone Press on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And you can also join our Facebook community, Cicerone Connect, to connect with other outdoor enthusiasts. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you soon.